Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. And I am here with my friend Evelyn. And we let me just get this little little thing that will hold my phone. And we'll see if this will get this working. This is going. So now I need to go. Hang on there, guys, if you're out there listening. So let me see. Uh, there I am. We opened it up. Okay, so now I'm going to start recording. Record on this computer. Record to the cloud. I think I better do the cloud. Recording in progress. Okay, good. All right. It's in progress. All right. Hi, everybody. Hi, we did it. I'm Monica Richardson. We have Evelyn. Evelyn's cozy. And Evelyn's with us uh, today with me. And today, we're. this is our Episode one, that's going to go up as a podcast slash video where we are um, going to, we're going to discuss chapter five of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And the reason that I'm doing it again is that there are so many people joining the Facebook groups. And if you're out there and you need support, you're leaving, you left, it doesn't matter when you left, leaving AA. It's that simple. It's in Facebook, and you have to answer questions, and then deprogramming from AA or any 12-step group. Those are the two main groups that I have. And then there's an exposing one. So we're at the place where people come in, and they kind of say the same things. You know, they're like, uh, you know, why'd you leave? What was the thing that brought you to that? And a lot of people are talking about a lot of abuse, uh, psychological abuse and brainwashing, rather than it just being about what I made my film about, which was, violent offenders and murders and sex, you know, sex crimes, right? So I've done this before on my Blog Talk Radio. And by the way, I'll put the links down below later. Uh, Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. I have hundreds of podcasts that since 2011, I guess, I started it. So what we're going to do is we're going to tear this up. We're going to look at Chapter 5, which is read before every meeting, most every meeting, and it, it isn't read in a normal way either. Wow. It's, wow. it's read in a strange kind of monotone kind of way. Yeah. Right? No affect. Right, no affect. Part of the initial programming that happens when you go to a meeting. Right. And this they is. They do everything the same every single time. It, it induces a trance. That's right. So it's part of that trance induction aspect of the program. And this is why it can happen so quickly. And even after I was gone a long time, I think I've shared this with you already, which is I was like, okay, how does this happen so fast? And it was when I was listening to a show 
about, um, say, ISIS or the groups get so brainwashed quickly that it isn't mental illness, right? With all the shooters that was going on in America, they would always say, oh, there's mental illness involved. And they're like, no, 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 it's actually called brainwashing. And how quickly it's happened, and it has to do with the we and the us instead of I and me. And when I saw this uh, TV show that Morgan Freeman is the host and he had on this expert about brainwashing, so let's just start. So first of all, for those of you who don't know this, the book is really old. It was written, A, was created in 35, taken from the Oxford movements or the Oxford groups. And he took up three or four years to write it, and it was published in 39. And also, when people, you know, say that it was, you know, proven with so many people, well, there were only 100 people at the time when he was writing it. Many of them, you know, didn't stay sober. Not that I want to – that's not the criteria for me and Evelyn anymore about who stays sober, like, in time. It doesn't matter. You know, people have lapses. We're not into any of that language. But I'm just going to start here and um, – so the first line is enough. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly parallel path. So you know what? That's not true. Absolutely not true. I know people who really did it. They did the steps and how about you, Evelyn? And they did what they were told, oh, yeah. right? And they still. I did it myself. Yeah, you yourself, yeah. Right, right. So the first one is like, and that's kind of a strong word, rarely, right? No, so that's not, that's not true. I, I found um, the Orange Papers, you know, the archive. Oh, okay. And, and he has, uh, you know, information about that. And he says it's the bait, a bait and switch. First, AA is a great success and always has been, and then AA isn't a success and never was. Starts off with this rarely have seen a person fail who has thoroughly, thoroughly followed our path. And then he goes in the second edition of the big book, Bill Wilson bragged about the great AA cure rate of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried. 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25 sobered up after some relapses. Among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. So that's what he says, second edition. Then later, Will Bill Wilson revealed that AA was always a great failure, and this comes from Alcoholics Anonymous comes of age. You know that? Remember that book? Yep. I think I read it. It's pretty hard to read. I couldn't read that thing. It was so boring. But well, yeah. you know what I mean? That yeah. was so, so this is what he, he literally says in the book. At first, near, nearly every alcoholic we approached began to slip. If indeed he sobered up at all, others would stay dry six months or maybe a year and then take a skip. This was always a genuine catastrophe. So that's Bill Wilson's wow. words himself. Well, interesting. So first, it's rarely have you seen a person fail, and then when you get right down to it, you know, everybody fails. So, wow, wow. Yes, good input. Okay, so next. that's him lying. <laughs> that's him lying. Well, I guess he wrote it. Do you want to rewrite it? So those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally oh. incapable of being honest with themselves. Oh, okay, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not. No, no. So what they're basically saying, which is every cult says, that unless you give yourself completely over to us, which is a very different thing that people say to you in the meeting, right? So 
They say this in the meeting, and even though they're saying, well, take what you like and leave it, the people are saying that what's read and is being implanted in one's brain is that. Right. at every meeting. Yeah. That's right, at every meeting. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give yeah. the social program. program. And I used to say, that's all. That's all. That's a simple It doesn't make any sense. Right? Right. No. I no. No, it's not simple it's because, because there's so many um, lots, you know, one thing, one book says one thing, and another book says the opposite, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, the lies are, like, right in here, too. So it's, so on we go. Um, and usually, this is the second half of that sentence, so the part usually men and women who are constitutionally, hmm, what does that mean? Incapable of being honest with themselves. So they're now setting you up that something at your core is your constitution of how Evelyn's made up and Monica's made up and, and Joe and Charlie and whoever, that there's something at our, that is broken. That, they didn't use that word yet, but that's actual bullshit. Like, that's complete bullshit. I mean, it sounds to me like mental illness. Well, but also, I mean, okay, I get that there are people who, like some types of killers, who, who are raised in horrific, I mean, we're talking about really unique types, right? Yeah. They're hated from when they're in the mother, and the mother is unbelievably abusive, and the child is taken. I mean, okay, granted, there could be people like that, but to the average person, no, they are not constitutionally incapable of being honest. And that's that whole part where they sit in the meeting and they say, what do you see when a, a, an addict, this is a terrible uh, thing that they say, addict, alcoholic, when their lips are moving, they're lying. Oh. You never heard, you remember that, that saying that was always like, well, I heard I mean, it's, it's really terrible. Okay, there's such a... But you know what they could also be talking about here? I just got this thought. You know how when someone is drinking, um, and they're, they're in denial. They're in denial, I don't have a problem. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to I want to. Right. And I wonder if that's what he's, getting, he's trying to get at here, that, you know, that... Well, it's denial. possible. I don't have a problem. I can stop any time I want to. Yeah. But then, but then they never stop. You know, it's possible. I I kind of more like want to just go at it in a like what's here. You know, I mean, I think it's interesting yeah. what you found out in the very first line because I didn't know that, right? What you just found on orange papers. And so, if there's something else, that's why I wanted to have a conversation. I just didn't want to do this alone, so that if there's some other thing you want to bring into it, we do that. I just I just never thought about denial. Yeah, it could be. So then they're unfortunate. Now you're like a poor schmuck. They're patting you on the head. You know, yeah. oh, poor Evelyn, you're such unfortunate. You know, you're not at fault. Here they go again. They're born that way. Okay, so here we go. So it's not a result of the compulsive drinking. Right. You were born that way. You were born that way. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Here we go. That's really bad. So let's talk about I mean, that's disgusting. You were born that way. So lie number what? incapable. Here's some more of it. The same stuff. You are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Why? Number five, six, seven. So right. they're kind of, I've never seen it this way. I've done this many times, Evelyn, I swear to God, on yeah. the podcast. And I've never really seen that they're really saying... Remember you did it with Gunther? Remember you did it with Gunther? 
Oh, yeah, he was great. He was great with those. Yeah, he really uh, had a lot of insight into it. Um, they are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Okay, like it, it, this kind of a repetition there. Yeah. All right. Um, now, this, this type of living demands rigorous honesty. Hmm. So let me think about how honest the people are in Alcoholics Anonymous, that this type of living, so now there's this arrogance, right? They're setting themselves up for that spiritual uh, arrogance. I'm better yeah. than even people who didn't have a drinking problem because... I'm rigorously honest. Right. I never even saw like that before, the yeah. way I'm seeing it now. Yeah. Their chances are less than average. Oh, you're not, there's not a good chance for us, Evelyn. We're fucked. I know. <laughs> Their chances are less than average. Um, there are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they see a therapist or if they take medication, if they do it. No, 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 it's all about honesty, right? It's all about honesty. Okay. Now he's the great psychiatrist. Yeah, he, he's the, that's, he knows the answer to everything. All right, stories disclosed in a general way. What we, oh, really, you know what, I, a general way, people, the, the people in AA, they learn how to talk in a very inappropriate way. When you're saying yeah, like that, no generalizations. They start to really reveal too much stuff. They talk about yeah. intimate stuff in meetings. They tell people they just met, right? So, all right, but, yeah. but you know, well, maybe. They have no bondage. They have no bondage. What's that? They lose their bondage because right. they had any at all. <laughs> Okay, our story is disclosed in a general way, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided, so you, gotta, you have to decide. I remember this really being a, a weird thing with people. You want what we have and are willing to go where? To go into any lane to get it, and then you are ready to take certain steps. Right? All right. Like, any lane. Yeah, we don't know any what lane. Like any lengths, like oh, we're more important than your baby that's home, or that your husband's right. at home, or your fam, or your partner, or your loved one, right? It's or your sponsor sponsor needs his car washed. Yeah, you want to? Do you have it in front of you? You want to read the next line or two? Yeah, our stories just full of these. Just read that. Some of these we bought. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. <laughs> With all the earnestness at our command. They could be used to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. All right. So there they are, they're getting um, people to stop thinking the way they thought before they came to AA. So, you know what I mean? Get rid of those old ideas, those old thoughts, however you thought before you walked in here, no more. Well, I think that the setup of um, tough love that it developed later, um, and I don't know what, what came first. Was it Synanon, that abusive guy that started that screen therapy and the whole um, the movement with the kids who went to rehab in their, what did you yeah. call it, rehab, where they did a lot of screaming at them and tough love, that whole tough love thing? Yeah. Could, you know, you start to hear that 
the softer way didn't work. And even though Lois Wilson was very soft with Bill, she never left him, even though he cheated on her and, and uh, you know, had many lapses. Um, with all of the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless. And they're, okay, they're begging and you got to be fearless. All right, whatever. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil. Okay, but this absoluteness, right? So the extreme, uh, extreme thinking and language, like, did you ever read, uh, there's a really famous book, um, Kevin turned me on to it. It's about cognitive behavioral therapy where he really talks about extreme languages, right? right? And that AAP, that is not good. No, it's really unhealthy. And I had a sponsor, I mean, I even had a sponsor who said, stop calling yourself crazy, like you're not crazy. Yeah, yeah, which which stopped. I think there might have been helpful. right. There there was some healthy like I mean, she was actually had a lot of therapy. She didn't talk aid and she, she shared her years of you know being in a in a therapist chair or whatever. Um, remember that we deal with alcohol now. Alcohol is cunning. You know, where's the bottle? It's powerful. Okay, this is water, but it's cunning and it's baffling and it's powerful. Powerful. Okay. Yeah. It's no, it's not. No, it, and, and it is for if you give that, that kind of power, if you're addicted to it, which you can become addicted to alcohol. I have complete yeah. respect for it, but it's cunning, baffling, and powerful. All right. Uh, not true. Without help, it is too much for us, so everybody needs help. Now, that is not true. So I really, one of the things, because, I don't know, are you a person of faith? I forget this about you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we both are, but what I lacked was the understanding for people who weren't, <clears throat> excuse me, because I was raised Catholic, and I actually did like the whole faith and the praying thing, but I learned from when I left, I really didn't until I left, to respect atheists and people who didn't believe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and what about them? What about, don't they, don't they have a chance to, what they want to quit or they want to change their drinking or their drug use, why is it that it all has to be all this, right? Which is why, you know what I mean? So, um, okay. And there's one who has all power. That one is God. Now, guys, I don't know if you could see this, but you see this is my old beat-up book. <laughs> but, you know, it's got one is God, and may you find him now. You know, I heard they're going to change the pronouns. It's the only thing that they, they never change anything, but they're going to change pronouns. We'll see if they really do it, but... Uh, you know, it's very, very, like, kind of hardcore 30s, you know, when right. they say, you know, the broomstick and the, yeah. Half, so me- half measure, like, what is it, what, I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, right, that's right. I can't, re- I, I didn't go to a Baptist church, so I don't know what that is. But. Oh, yeah. But that, that's the saying. Um, half measures avail us nothing. Now, this is really a big lie because yeah. harm reduction, and I'm not talking about harm reduction for actually was a, a word that was used for mostly heroin users, right? Harm reduction meaning they would give you needles, clean needles. Um, right. No. We're talking about any change, any positive change towards safety, Changing how you drink, how much you drink, when you drink, is positive change. So the whole part of if somebody comes and talks about this, oh, that doesn't matter. No, 
by drinking, you know, I want to only drink a couple of beers a day and, okay, I can get drunk once a week. Oh, no, no. But, like, actually. Oh, yeah. You can't even think about it and never no. like talk about it. So half measures actually do matter. And it's they a really yeah. negative way, right? If you want to, if you, if you make some positive changes, like, okay, I'm not going to drink and drive. That's a positive thing. Absolutely. We stood at the turning point. It's so dramatic. Um, we asked his protection and care was complete abandon. Okay, his protection, his protection is, whose protection? This is God? They're talking about God? Well, that's the assumption, right? It definitely, I always assume you thank God. Yeah, they're talking about God. So God helps the person who doesn't believe in God at this point. All right. Um, we stood at the turning point, and we asked again, his protection and care with complete abandon. All right. Very cultish. Once yeah. again, I have to completely abandon myself to, okay, somebody, the argument would be oh, oh, to God, not to the group. But then they say, if you don't believe in God, you could do it to the group. Um yeah, just not healthy, not healthy. Not healthy. It reeks of cult talk. Right. That's very cultish. Um, yeah. Okay, one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Right. Now, um, I didn't relate. Well, I'm going to say where I come from, and then I want, if you would like to tell us to everyone where you're at with this, is that I didn't relate at all to the first line because I wasn't powerless and I quit on my own two weeks before I went to AA. Right. But my life felt unmanageable. Now, I wasn't living on the street. I was actually working when I went to AA. I had two jobs. I was turning 18. Yeah. So my life really wasn't unmanageable. It felt... No, it was typical 18-ish. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about you? What would you say about these the first two lines in step one? Did you buy into that? Did you feel like you were powerless? Well, you know, I, I, like you, you know, I started as a teenager, and it became, it became what, what we did, and I hung around with the other drinkers, and it was what, what we did. We got together and we drank. We got together and we drank. Right. And then by the, by the time I was out on my own, um, I didn't know what else to do. You know, what else do you do? I didn't think, you know. Right, right. But I mean, <laughs> But I didn't do it all the time, you know. Right, did you get up in the morning and were you going like this? No, I get up in the morning and I went to dinner. Okay, all You right. know, and afterwards, if I had nothing to do, I would go to the bar. You know, it was, it was a social thing. It was yeah, so it's not. I would other people. Right, right. So there are people that that is the case for, but everybody is not a star in the days of wine and roses, right? Where <laughs> they're not chocolate. <laughs> like, I mean, that's it's such an extreme. Uh, well, I think it was Right, and leaving us. Yes, yes. And, yeah, the, you know, it's very, very extreme. Okay, so two came to believe that a power, which is capitalized, greater than ourselves, could restore us to sanity. So that means that now God is like a therapist or therapy. Right. God is a you know. That's a lie. That's an absolute. Well, you know, I, I when I first read that, I was like, geez, well, I'm not saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, you know, nobody's hopping up and down saying, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, now I know why I'm 
you know, well, I think we made fun of it. Uh, I remember a lot of us young, very young people, we were teenagers, and like, oh, yeah, we were crazy, like, but crazy, like, fun, crazy, like, you know, it wasn't like what you see now or what would come down the pike, but um, it was sort of like, but I'm seeing it now differently. It's funny, as many times as I've done it, Evelyn, is that, oh, okay, so God is restoring me to sanity now. Um, that so sounds... Orange says, you might come to believe that licking truck transmissions without filled with orange juice will restore you to sanity, will it? You might come to believe that slavish participation in a fascist cult religion will restore you to sanity, will it? Well, and I like this, you know, I didn't, I didn't uh, realize it, but he uses the um, word fascist cult religion, and he also uses that word for the Oxford Mm-hmm. So that's that's a new adjective for me. Fascist, fascist, really? Wow, and that's been, yeah. that's been up there a long time, you know. Well, it is very it's very hardcore. We could look it up uh, the word, but uh, made a decision. Three is made a decision to turn our will in our lives over to the care of God, as we understood Him. And you know, I have to say that when I first read this. As Catholic as I was, you don't do that. So I was taught that I had free will. How about you? Do you feel free will? And I think that's why Catholicism, the good part of it, uh, grew because you were not a puppet. I mean, God is, I'm not, who's the puppet? I don't know. Uh, God is not up here pulling the strings, and I'm not like a marionette. You know, like I have have the choice to make whether I'm going to, am I going to steal that chocolate or I'm not going to steal the chocolate. I make that choice. And I think that um, the way that this looks is very strange. And as I was leaving, like, those last years, I remember hearing that and going, you know, no, this is, this is something, this has really been taken out of context, that yeah. you're going to turn your will and your entire life over to the care of God. And who's, like, how religious are you people? And you know they're not, right? If you think about all the meetings you sat in, are the pieces of shit people? Friends, right? What? Yeah. That's right. You know them pretty darn well, you know. Right. Nobody, they don't give me turn their will and their life over to God from my perspective. No. And no, no, no. And even good people. But the bad meetings were, say, the Pacific Group or with Clancy or people that have these spin-off hardcore sub-cult yeah. groups of Alcoholics Anonymous, you are calling somebody daily, which I never was a part of. I mean, that, that is... I said, when do you want me to call you? Oh, call me when you need me. That's it. Call me when you need me, right? You know, when you need to talk or whatever like that. But the other stuff is really, really bad. Um, As we understood him, and that's where I think you get into paganism, where it's like how, and it's not I, right? Again, it's we. This whole thing of how we. So it's an hour, hour. No, there's no hour, Will. But, you know, it's such really distorting reality here. Well, it gets people to feel like they're part of a group, which it's human nature for people, you know, because no man is an island, right? Mm-hmm. So we all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. So right. it appeases that aspect of human nature. Yeah. I, that's, why, that's why it's such a hook. And I think that I just watched, I had posted it, that video on loneliness with the little characters where we need it as human beings, right? I mean, it's really a good example of how we need to be connected and how we're less connected because of our phones, even though we're so more connected, but we're less, we're more lonely 
than we were before because we actually picked up the phone and talked to each other and didn't text. But I, I, I'm with you with that. Um, it, we want to be connected, but I don't, my belief is that yours, and, it, and, and if I sat in a group, my, even my regular meeting, there would be a handful out of those 45 women that I really connected with, like five of them probably, right? You know? Yep. Yep. Now, these are the next ones that, that made a searching and a fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Now, I was very confused by this when I joined AA as I was only 18, and then they showed me this ridiculous stuff about, um, on page 65, I'm resentful at and the cause, oh, Mrs. Yeah. Brown, the atten- and I was like, what? I'm a Mr. teenager. Brown. Mr. Brown, you know, and everything is my sexual relation, self-esteem, oh, sexual relation, self Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right? And, I can't um, believe they do that. Yeah, it was really sick. And I said, I mean, well, how what? Invasive. Yeah. How utterly invasive. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know what's crazy is that the pilot who I interviewed, who I'm putting that together and going to yeah. put it up on YouTube, he said one of the guys the psychiatrist said, well, you know, how is that fourth step or something? Or, you know, what he asked him about, like, his inventory and, like, pe- other people were going to – it just was crazy. I can't even, like, finish what I'm saying because it's kind of like it's – so, it's so nuts to me that pilots are subjected to having AA being um, forced on them in a way that it's some professional setting. And even if, like, if we get Smart Recovery, if we had – have you seen the Smart Recovery workbook? Oh, yeah. I've read it a couple times. Yeah, it's such a great book. Like, it's really a program. It's, like, truly a program. This piece of shit, like... (laughs) It makes logical sense. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. All right. Five, admitted to God. Okay. And I was like, okay, and how am I supposed to be doing that? Oh, yeah, you know, pretending there was a God there, okay? Even I I was Catholic. I had faith, but it felt, like, a little bit phony. You know, admitted to God, to ourselves, and then to another human being. The exact nature of our wrong. Okay, this is really a confession. Yeah. Confession, right? But worse because in confession, you just say something and then he goes, okay, you know, go say 12 Hail Marys and three Our Fathers, not right. a lot of judgment. Right. Right. Because on the understanding that, you know, everybody does these things, right? right. It's part of, part of life. Right. Um, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Now, I don't even see the point of that. Like, what? I know, right. Like, okay. And, and constantly calling traits that you have defects of character. They're yeah, your yeah, defects, yeah, yeah. Evelyn. It's not your traits of who we are. It's your defects. Right, 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 right. It's so they attack um, people's character. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's guilty. You have it. That's what I'm saying. As soon as you walk in the door, you're guilty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. So now we have to get, you know, yeah. humble. And we're, you know, when I hear people in the news talk about, you know, being humble or humbled, I'm like, are they steppers or, you know, they might be <laughs> right. hardcore, you know, religious I know people. They love that word. Yeah, yeah, they love that They're word. So humbled. I'm so humbled by this. Yeah. Um, all right, Aid has made a list of all persons we had harmed oh, and God. became willing. It doesn't say we make amends to them all. It just says we become right. willing. It's almost like you wanted to stretch it out to number 12, like the 12 apostles or something, you know, which I think is true that um, both steps uh, six and seven and eight and nine are kind of like this, you know, made a right. list of all people 
and I became willing to make amends to them all. Uh, and, you know, many people, including myself, you know, uh, went to people to say I was sorry when they were like, why are you doing, why are you telling me that? Yeah, like, that was my situation also. You're, you're, and I thought the people that were closest to me yeah. drinking yeah. were drinkers. Ah. Drinkers themselves, right? Yeah. That's right. Me too. Right. So I had my list of what the other person should be saying sorry to me for. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was more focused on that. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of them... If I went pretty goddamn long, what the other one should be doing. <laughs> Did any of them you know get mad? Because that's what happens, especially when you're young. Yes, you're when you're really young. This one sleeps with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what I mean? All that stuff happens. It's part of life. That's right. Part of life. That's right. And especially you, when you're young and you're drinking. Right, and people do stupid things. But I mean, I mean, I even said things that people didn't know, and then that stirred up things. You know, and it made it worse. It made it worse. Yeah. It's like being honest at your expense. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think it's so. Using guilt. It's using guilt. It's designed because it's called tax. That's, that's right. That's true. Um, okay, so now we're going to make direct amends to such people except whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And I remember um, Harry... Harry Lake, uh, my sponsor's husband in Hawaii, where, you know, they were involved in doing some, like, mobster, local Hawaiian mobster stuff, and uh, they were going to break his legs. Like, they came up, and the guy ran after him and said, get the hell out of here. Like, what do you, you know, he's going to try to make it right. And, uh, uh, you know, he almost got himself killed or, you know, really harmed and oh, um, yeah. by doing that. Um, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, probably admitted it. This is the oh one that my. keeps everybody going to go. We're going to do this for the rest of your life. Like, this yep. is your maintenance steps bullshit. Yeah, that was the daily retreat, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before you go to bed, put it on, <laughs> Yeah, that comes later. So I guess we were similar. But you're sitting in bed obsessed with yourself. You're learning yes, to become actually more self-obsessed. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, it's not, it's not healthy. No, it's not. Uh-uh. Um, Eleven is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, once again, making up who God is, which you can't do. Like, so for me, it really became, I really bought into it at a level when I was young. But as the years progressed and I began to see that I began to feel like my God got smaller and smaller in my world, it was really a very odd feeling once I had 30-plus years and would try to pray in that same way. Yeah, yeah. Um, So limiting, yeah. Yeah, very, very limiting. And um, then to make up, and I remember going like, wait a minute, they're like making up who God is. Like, you, And that's kind of, I guess, where I started to deprogram in AA when yep. I started to think like that, right? And yep. Um, yep. praying only, only, Evelyn, now, remember, you can only pray only for the knowledge of his will, okay? His will, not hers, for us and the power to carry that out. So that I have a huge problem with. You got a problem okay. with that? You have a problem. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't tell people how they should pray. That's right. That's right. At all. 
at I all. Know. No, no, that's a good point. That's a really Although good. I do like the old father and the Hail Mary, but I was Bruce Chaplin. Well, I think if you go to a religion and you're going to learn yeah. their prayers, you're going to learn their prayers. Yeah, but prayer, sure. if you're going to go somewhere that's supposed to be a benign support group, oh, and then now they're going to tell you how. No, they're going to tell you how to pray. I don't think Never, it's, it's anti-supportive. Right. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening. Did you have a spiritual awakening? <laughs> As a result of these steps, uh, we tried to carry this message. This is where they want you proselytizing to forever. You've got to spread the message forever. We tried, to this message, we tried to carry this message, alcoholics, and practice the principles. Now, what I said is, well, what are they? What are your right. what are the principles? Where are they? And nobody knew except like years yeah. later. I was like, what are the principles? Like a yeah, honesty yeah. and what else? What else, yeah. guys? So it's really weird that you would think that, you know, what are your principles? And I think that's probably like, you know, yeah. of a a good person. What makes a good person um, would be honesty right. and hardworking and integrity. Integrity, right? If you got to do, if you say you got to do something, you do it. Mm-hmm. Your word, you know, you're only good as your word. Right. Like staying outside of the realm, you know, I mean, we learned it as Catholics, you don't steal. Right. right? You don't sleep with yeah. them. You don't cover somebody else's shit, right? You all Ten Commandments. Yeah, the Ten Commandments, right? So you don't steal, you don't, so you don't sleep with your neighbors. So it's a way to live. Right, you right. But that never is in here. In fact, what's in here is um, them telling you that part where, oh, um, you know the part on page 69 where it says uh, the ones that cry for sex and more sex, you know, oh but this God. is where he's giving themselves the, himself the out. That, you oh, know, where he says, well, you know, um, we, we're, we're just going to try our best. Okay, suppose we fall short. Okay, this is where they want the out, where they want you, they want you to practice these principles in all your affairs, except when it comes to sex. Right. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we're going to get drunk and some people think so? It's only half truth. It depends on our motives. Um, if we're sorry well, for what we've done, so if I'm sorry that I, like, raped you and you're a newcomer, if I'm sorry if I 13-stepped you or if I ripped right. you off, but um, I was really trying my best. So now it's the bait and switch of, like, practice the principles in all your affairs. But if you do it, um, let's see, uh, what does it say? I'm just kind of really glancing down here where it just says, you know, let me see. Uh, only a half truth. We earnestly pray for the ideal. But it's something about, that you're only a sick, oh, come on, I'm forgetting it now. Um, oh, let God be the final judge. That's what they do. Okay, there it is. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so God is going to be the final judge. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever read this on page 69. Whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to yeah. We must, this, oh, my God, the words over and over again. We must be willing to make amends. We ask 
God what we should do about each specific matter. Like, where's God in this? I mean, God really has the kind of time he's sitting around, like, while you're, oh, my God, it's so fucking nuts. Okay. So here we are, back to 12, all right? You haven't, yeah. What if you haven't had a spiritual awakening? What if you're not, If what if you're an atheist, right? And even if you, well, you know, go ahead. You know what a spiritual awakening is? A spiritual awakening is when you wake up and realize they cult and you want to get out of it. Your mind expands. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you have all this, oh, my God, these people are crazy. Get me out of here. That's a spiritual awakening. We have them all the time. It's the expansion of, of thought. Right. You know, your consciousness right. you know, gets bigger. That's right. That's right. And I think that it's very, very, gets very narrow. And I know that there are people that will come into the groups and there are people that are going to watch this who go, well, it's good for like when you're new and you need a little support and then you move on. And okay, you know, I'm okay a little bit with if someone said, oh, that's what they want. They don't want, those who are out there listening, smart recovery is a big improvement over AA and you can find it on Zoom. It's a real program. They have a great manual. But to say that um, my dog is like, Boo, what's the matter? It's okay, buddy. He's like going like Boo, how old is Boo now? He's uh, 11. Oh, 11? He's 11 now. I remember he um, wouldn't let me near him. <laughs> <laughs> or you. <laughs> he was a puppy. Wasn't he a puppy or no? He's a puppy. He was he like, ah, ah, ah. like yeah, okay. he, He's much better. He's better now. Yeah, no, he's a piece of work. It's all about the food. I mean, he's so protective, but, you know, it's funny. All right, where were we? I got so lost. Um, all right, well, having him doing Oh, yeah, what you were saying is, okay, that leaving for you was this big thing. But I was saying, like, okay, so people who don't – oh, I know where I, I kind of got lost was that even if you did have a spiritual awakening, which I felt I did, so I quit drinking on my own. I go two weeks later. I meet these people. And that's, that's another whole story about what goes down with the guys. But the decent guy who 12-stepped me into AA, I was already not drinking. So I was already feeling so good and just connecting with people. I began to feel kind of euphoric until the other guy hit on me and then started wanting to get involved, and it was not good. And then I went kind of down, down, down. And then, but then I got through it, and I, and I worked all their stupid stabs and played the whole game, thinking I, I was very earnest about it. But that uh-huh. I began to become euphoric, and I was meditating like three times a day, like you know, oh, sitting, you know, whatever. But even then, they don't like that either. So it's really interesting. They give people shit for not doing the steps right. Then if you yeah. did it right and you felt this incredible release, then they say, oh, pat, pat on the head, Monica. You're on a pink cloud. Don't worry. It'll be gone soon. Right, right. Which is yeah, really yeah. nasty. It's never, it's never well. Right. It's, it's never, never good enough. Well. Never, never good enough for them. They keep raising the bar. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Never, never good enough. Oh, it sounds like my governor. No, no. <laughs> there was never an opening. There was never a green light. Never mind. Don't go there. <laughs> okay. Many of us exclaimed, oh, what an order. I can't get through with it. Don't be discouraged. And here we go. No one, oh, this is the line they use when they want to be sexual predators. This is the one, Evelyn. 
No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. Did you ever hear that? That's it. We're not saints. So the predators uh, use that one, and uh, you go, okay, well, yeah, we know that. So what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Uh Yeah, it's pretty nasty. The point is that we're willing to grow. You always got to be willing to grow. Go, grow, grow, Evelyn. Just got to always be working on yourself. Just never stop. Stop. 10, 20, 25, 30 years. You got to be working on yourself. That's right. And one of the big reliefs for me was when I remember getting divorced, and uh, I've only had one divorce, and and I had a pile of self-help books on my bedside, and he had none. Okay? (laughs) And it was always, you don't want to whatever. And when I, I remember kind of going, I'm kind of done. I'm done working on myself. And I don't think we're done growing, right? And there's, no, but I do no. think there has to be a point where you just stop it. Stop yeah. that, working on oneself. And right. go, you know what, I'm a 50, whatever I was when I left in my 50s, I had been working, work, trying, you know, always, oh, well, what's my part in it? What's my, what have I done oh, here? That's, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. That's one of the tough ones. But always, you know, something happens, you know, like, oh, what did I do wrong? You know, and, because it's more human nature to say, what well, that one did wrong. Well, because you know, sometimes you've done you nothing do wrong. That, though, you, get, you get filled with guilt until you, de- you know, deprogram. That's right. And sometimes we do nothing wrong. And then you also teach yourself situations where you're not treated well. That's right. Yes, that's right. That's a really good point. And I and sometimes there were things that I did, right, you know, that are the reason that things are not, you know, that someone's feelings got hurt or I did something stupid. But there's also times that has nothing. Like the, the time the guy ripped me off that I met in the, in the program, he said, oh, I'll help you get a car. Just give me the money and I'll go get it. I was like, so oh, stupid. Like, I, I mean, I, I think I was, I was 22 and four years yeah. sober and very trusting. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, that's what happens, right? You want yeah. to trust these people. Yeah, you trust them yeah. more because you think they're spiritual. Exactly. They're not spiritual. Oh my God! And, and and then we go on to here. Um, all right, so we got down to that point that was, you know, about we're not saying. The point is, we're willing to grow along. The principles we have set down. Okay, now they don't have them listed. I mean, if anybody, I know the principles. Yeah, I want to. If you're listening to this and you have any comments, criticisms about this video, I'd really like you to put it down. You know, please comment. You know, you hate what Monica's saying. You love what Monica's saying. You can test what she's saying because of this or what Evelyn said. Please put it down below. And if there's a show that you want us to do on another topic or another chapter, another vantage point, I'm gonna, we're going to be doing more of these. But please feel free to put them because everybody has an opinion. And I really think, especially the way the world is today, that you should be able to express it. Now, if you get nasty and put really nasty comments, I might delete them. But um, definitely, I think that um, the principles, when Evelyn and I were talking about that, about that you would think that they would list principles, just good ones. You don't make them up. What is a good, you right. know, if we looked at Judaism and, you know, um, Catholicism, that we know we shouldn't steal, you know, we shouldn't lie, 
right? We shouldn't be sleeping with your best friend's wife or, you know, these things that are, okay, the common sense things. Uh, but there's no list. It's my, there's, there's, I mean, I, I don't recollect that there is, but anyway. Um, I think that's a good point. I've never seen what the principles are either. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the principles is that um, and they're not, and we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And so that's what they use again when they are predators, right, of any kind, financial or sexual, our description of the alcoholic, chapter to the agnostic, and our personal ventures before and after make fair three permanent ideas. And the way they read this in a meeting, guys, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own minds. Hmm. Okay, so now we're alcoholic for life and we could not manage our own lives. The thing is, I'm sure, I'm sure as I'm a woman that they meant when you were drunk. Oh, yeah. Okay, but AA has this whole, like, how we have influenced AA, you know, that it's like you can't manage your own life. Like, you need every day right. to get up in the morning and ask so God. if you're drinking or not, you can't manage your own life. Right. And that's, and, right. and to you not have just, that alcoholic personality forever. Yeah. That personality that you may or may not have had when you were drinking. And about trusting your own instincts and the difference between... I think what AA became in the 80s, or even AA forever, maybe in the Pacific group, was never good in this way. But when I went, you were told you should listen to within. Like, you're supposed to listen to your inner voice, not get a sponsor to tell you what to do. Or, you know what I mean? Like, they were not that dogmatic. When you came... Where, had they become that way? Were you in New England, or where were you if, if, when the earliest uh, time? I first went in Florida, and then the second time I went in Boston. And um, I was in Boston for three years, and I went to Boston for a year and a half. And I really wasn't pushed the sponsor thing. Yeah. It wasn't really pushed. It was still laid back. It was still laid and back. what I liked about it when I was in Boston was that the main focus Because I was in Boston, I got introduced to a lot of different types of religions, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Buddhism and Sufism and Paramahansa yeah. Yogananda. And so I could go to all these, you know, little workshops and whatever, they, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, the place out in Western Mass where they have retreats, you know. And, right. and that was, and then the people in the program were friends that you would either do things events with or talk to them about it with. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't so hardcore. Was that eighties? Eighty? What what year? Yeah, late eighties, uh, to the mid nineties. I actually left in the in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Left AA totally. Mainly because right. um I there was that thread. Did you see that in one of the groups where people went to Landmark? I mean, like, like these were like spinoffs of us. I mean, like, what, Landmark wasn't a cult, but it was like, oh, get people to join. Tony Robbins, you know, like Tony Robbins has a ton of AA people there because they're so used to doing stuff for free and being of service for free that I went to one when I left and I was like, 
my son was like, this is like a raid for 40-year-olds, mom. <laughs> and I remember thinking, God, this guy has a lot of people on staff. There's a lot of people working. And I started asking them, and they're like, oh, no, we do this for free. We do this to be a service. And I was like, what? What word? <laughs> what, what place did you just come from? Oh, AA. Oh, okay, right. But that there are these other, there were other things that people, when they got tired of it in AA, they either went to other 12-step groups as they, as AA, you know, had to keep growing and growing and make other types. But they went to these other things, like Agape Church became filled with AA members um, and, and so forth. Yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, that's what the people started talking about, that. the Course of Miracles, which I never took. But I actually liked it. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Well, because they talked about Like this, 
that probably no human power could have relieved your alcoholism. And maybe you have a child and an adult child who is having a problem, or you have a husband or wife with a problem, or you have a parent, and now you're thinking, there's nothing I can do. No, 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 no. That's horseshit. Of course there's stuff that we can do. That's right. There is a ton of things that one can do to help another person. And you know what? On that note, I'm going to get this book. Let me see where um, it's called. Oh, where are you? Where are you? It was, what's his name? Jeff Foote wrote it, and it was called. See, now I always think everything is going to be right here in my little library of a book. There might not be. Damn. Where are you, book? Um, well, I guess, you know what, I'll put it down the link below. But he, talked, he wrote it because he had a father who had a really bad drinking problem. And Jeff Foote started the Center for Motivation and Change, and it's out of New York. It's a non-12-step outpatient. And then, as far as I know, they have like a really beautiful high-end place in the Berkshires for those who have money who want to go to a rehab that has no AA. But the point being is that if you have a loved one who does, we can absolutely help by uh, not pushing our beliefs as uh, I was, you know, the stepper pushing it on people that uh, we can absolutely be helpful to them and find them other resources. So, um, okay, that God put in what if he was taught. Okay, so back to God. And even if you believed in God, well, you know, maybe, <laughs> where are you, God? <laughs> well, he's saying it right there that only God can cure alcoholism. Right, right. Um, now we're finding out that it's, I, and I think, too, that alcoholism does not exist. Mm-hmm. It's a word that means nothing. It's alcohol abuse disorder, mm-hmm. and there are different stages. Right. Not everyone is at stage chronic, stage four. Right. And, um, you know, it's highly treatable, and uh, it's not forever. Right. That's right. And and that people, many, well, I think that's another subject, which I would love to talk about, is people who leave and drink successfully and drink moderately, or those that leave and don't want to, they don't want to chance it, or maybe they drank for 30 years, unlike family. I only, oh, wow, the, the blog talk radio is going to end soon. Kind of good timing, but that even uh, yeah, I just think that that, is a great topic. I love. Yeah, let's do that. I would love to have a couple more people in that. Maybe somebody who left and chose somebody different opinion. Yeah, do we have somebody? I'm thinking of a few people that I know who left and clearly don't want to touch it. And you know, those people drank hardcore for a couple decades. And. You know, you and I, I mean, I drank for like five years, you know. I drank yeah. problematically. And yeah. also language. I would love to do an episode on language, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. You know, change oh, language, yeah. right? Do you have any other ideas of, of another topic? Uh, uh, you know what I think is, is um, good, what we're doing, which is to kind of try to band together people that have left. Yeah. Help each other. Right. Because everybody's at different stages. Because it really did take me a long time to get that thinking out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be do programming. Yeah, the deep programming. Like, how about the, the twelve steps to deep program? 
Okay, the podcast, I'm going to end this. This is on Blog Talk Radio. See you guys again soon. All right.